Good morning. I hope you're doing okay. My name's Ben and I'm really looking forward to looking at God's Word together this morning. We're in a series called Jesus Is, trying to fill in the blanks about who Jesus really is. We've seen over the last couple of weeks that Jesus has been saying some pretty remarkable things about himself. I am the resurrection. I am the bread of life. Have you ever made any bold claims about yourself and then instantly regretted it? Maybe on a CV, when you've been applying for a job, you've ever so slightly exaggerated your expertise in a certain area. Or just in life generally, you make a claim, I'm this or I can do that, and then think, "Uh uh-oh, There's no way I can deliver on this. Jesus is making some pretty bold claims about himself. But before we get into the bit of John's Gospel that we're going to look at today, you might be joining us and thinking, well, how can anyone confidently say who Jesus really is or was? First of all, how do we know that he even existed? Well, there is plenty of historical evidence that a man called Jesus lived in the Middle East around 2,000 years ago. But how do we know about him and what he was like? What about his parents? Parents tend to know their children well, don't they? Well, sadly, we don't have anything written by his parents. What about his friends? Well, we have a huge amount written by his friends. Two of the Gospels are written by his disciples, Matthew and John. The other two Gospels, Luke and Mark, are based on the accounts of eyewitnesses. Matthew was a tax collector who followed Jesus. John was a fisherman and probably Jesus' closest friend. And in this series, we're working our way through the Gospel of John. And Gospel just means good news. John has got some good news that he wants to share with us. And we're going to look at another of the things that Jesus said about himself in John chapter 8 and verse 12. And it says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. Now, this isn't just an exaggeration or a boast. Jesus is deadly serious and he's making a profound statement about who he is. And I would say each one of us needs to decide what we believe about Jesus. Are these just the deluded ramblings of a madman or are they in fact true? The context of those verses we've just read is that it's around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles when the people of Israel celebrated how God had delivered them out of slavery in Egypt and took them through the desert to the Promised Land. He'd led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. 
At this festival, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, the city of Jerusalem was lit up every night with four great lamps in the temple area and with torches and lanterns across the city. And it's against that backdrop that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But this is more than just a claim about being a light for the world. One of the ways that God introduced himself to people in the Old Testament was using the title, I am. When Moses met God in the wilderness and asked his name, God introduced himself as I am who I am, the one who was and is and is to come. And Jesus is identifying himself as that same I am. I am the light of the world. Jesus makes several I am statements in John's gospel. Through them, Jesus is telling us something about himself. Claims like, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Are trying to explain something of God's nature or attributes. But in a way, we can humanly understand We can understand things like bread and light. If you look through the I am statements, they're all things that we need in life. Jesus is saying, I'm like all the things you most need. But we'd be wrong to define God within the limitations of those analogies like bread and light. He is infinite and can't be summed up in our human terms. He far outstrips any conception we may have of him. We can only know what he graciously reveals to us. A.W. Tozer says uh, in his book, uh, The Knowledge of the Holy, he says this, What is God like? What kind of God is he? To our questions, God has provided answers, not all the answers, certainly, but enough to satisfy our intellects and ravish our hearts. These answers he has provided in nature, in the scriptures and in the person of his son. In Christ, God has revealed something of his glory to us. Jesus is the light of the world. I think light is a bit taken for granted. You know, the sun rises every morning and we think nothing of it, but it brings hope and a sense of new life. We can walk into a room and turn on a light whenever we want. You know, if, you, if it's dark and you're looking for something, you turn on the lights. Some of us may even have our lights controlled by Wi-Fi and we find what we're looking for. Light is the means by which we can see. And Jesus is saying he is the light of the world. He is the light by which we can see. Think of the attributes of light. Light is energy. In fact, it's how you can see me now, rather than this just being only sound that you listen to, the sound of my voice. Light is falling on the camera and the resulting image is being through whatever screen 
you're watching me on right now. All because of light. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? And light, you won't be surprised to know, moves at the speed of light, which in a vacuum is 186,000 miles per second. Or, just to blow your mind even more, 671 million miles per hour. At that speed, light from the sun takes 8 minutes and 19 seconds to reach us on Earth. And light from Sirius, which is the brightest star in our sky, takes 8.6 light years to reach us on Earth. Now, it takes light a year to travel almost 6 trillion miles. But that means 8.6 light years. When you look up at Sirius in the, in the night sky, you're seeing the light that left Sirius in about September 2011. Whoa. And then if you look across to Orion's belt, do you know the constellation of Orion? Well, uh, there's three stars in Orion's belt and the center one is called Alnilam. And that star is 2,000 light years away. That means when you look up at Orion and you look at the center star in Orion's belt, you are seeing the light that left that star when Jesus was still walking the earth. Light is incredible. And God is the one who created light. In fact, he spoke it into being. At the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Light is a recurring theme in John's gospel account about Jesus. John can't get enough of it. And he begins his gospel in this way, very much echoing the start of Genesis. In the beginning was the word. He's referring to Jesus there. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and then jumping to verse 9 the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world jesus is saying he is the light of the world god has come so that everyone may see and know him. The prophet Isaiah foretold this in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, reading from verse 1. In the future, we will honour Galilee of the Gentiles. That's the area where Jesus grew up. 
The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. As Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light represents revelation, our hearts being opened to the truth. Some people may object to Jesus being the light of the world, thinking that it sounds exclusive or arrogant. What about other religions? But there is a wonderful and universal invitation in Jesus' claim. Everyone can come to him because he is light for the whole world. In the Old Testament, light is used to refer to God's presence or glory. Think of the pillar of fire that we read about in Exodus chapter 13. Light is also used to refer to God's salvation. Listen to Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And then thirdly, uh, light is used to refer to God's revelation. Psalm 119 verse uh, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. In the New Testament, light also represents moral purity or righteousness. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 5, John again writes, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Darkness is the sin that's come into the world and the evil that we see all around us. But God himself is perfectly holy, unstained by sin in any way. John Piper says, The light of Christ is the brightness of God shining on the retina of the human soul. On Wednesday, I sat in our garden while I had lunch and the sun was streaming down and I just enjoyed the brightness and the quality of the light, the warmth of it on my face. And my prayer for you today is that your mind and heart would be enlightened with the light of God's truth, that he warms your heart with the light of his presence and that he would be your light leading and guiding you into truth. Now, there is so much in the rest of chapter eight of John that we could probably spend six more Sundays working through it. So let me just summarize the rest of the chapter for you. Essentially, the Pharisees, who are the Jewish teachers of the law, dispute Jesus' claim to be light of the world. He tells them that he has authority because he's come from his father in heaven. The fact that they don't recognise who he is, they don't recognise his authority, sets us up nicely uh, for what happens next. Because this idea of light helping us to see God, to have revelation of who he is and enjoying the light of his presence is underlined in the next chapter of John's Gospel. In chapter 9, 
John tells us about a man who was blind from birth. How vulnerable he must have been to have that disability and be begging on the street. Jesus comes to him and heals him. The method is a little strange. He spits on the ground and wipes the mud mixture on the man's eyes and then tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The man does what Jesus says and he's the, the one who has walked in darkness his entire life can now see. It's an incredible miracle. So incredible that some people don't believe it. They think, oh, it must be someone else that just looks like that, you know, that blind man who used to beg here. Well, this guy who can see is obviously just a lookalike. In fact, so many don't believe that he has to tell them, no, 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 it, it really is me. I'm that guy and, and now I can see. So rumours about this healing circulate. And so the Pharisees bring him in for questioning. And it's a brilliant conversation. They ask him how he's been healed. And he says, Jesus put mud on my eyes. I washed and now I can see. It's so simple. They even get hold of his parents to try and verify that he was in fact blind from birth. This sequence of events underlines what Jesus had been saying about himself, that he's the light of the world. Close your eyes for a moment. I know that's a dangerous thing to say, especially if you're reclined on a sofa. But with your eyes closed, imagine that this was your life. There's no light, you can't see anything, no joy of seeing people. We're missing being able to uh, be close to friends and hug the people we love at the moment, aren't we? But imagine if you'd never seen a sunset, if you didn't even know what colour was, if you'd never seen beauty, if you couldn't see the faces of the people you love. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Jesus gives the man an amazing gift. He receives his sight. It's the sixth sign or miracle that we hear of Jesus doing in John's gospel. And this sign is evidence that bears witness to his claim to be the light of the world. The Pharisees don't believe his story. They're blinded to the truth. They only see what they want to see. And his response, the man's response to more questions is, the one thing I do know is I was blind and now I can see. You can't really argue with that, can you? So they throw him out and Jesus comes and finds him and asks him these things in chapter 9. Verse 35, do you believe in the son of man? Verse 36, who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one 
speaking with you. In other words, Jesus saying, it's me. Verse 38, then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. It's remarkable that he's received his sight, but it's even more amazing that he sees Jesus and believes who he is. He gains spiritual sight. This man had been blind his whole life, but he recognised that Jesus is the light of the world. The Pharisees had been seeing all their lives, but they were blind to who Jesus was. In verse 39, Jesus says, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Isn't that interesting? This light burns so brightly that it enlightens some, but only blinds others further. Let's not be like some of those Pharisees. Let's have faith like that man who was blind and now could see. The second century theologian, Oregon, wrote these words, the same sun that melts wax hardens clay. The same sun that melts wax hardens clay. Earlier I said, each of us needs to decide who we believe Jesus is. And later I'll give you an opportunity if you want to respond. But will your heart melt before the light of Christ? Or will you become like clay and only harden to him? In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, Jesus turns the emphasis now onto his followers. And I just want to quickly look at this. It says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your God, glory, sorry, glorify your Father in heaven. We've talked about stars already. Think about the moon. The moon is a lifeless rock in space. It has no light or life of its own. It simply reflects the light of the sun. When we can see it in the night sky, it's because the sun, sunlight is falling onto it. And when it does, when it, when it shines with the light of the sun, it becomes beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Don't get caught up in yourself and in trying to shine yourself. Get busy reflecting God's glory, God's light. I think in my life, I spent too many years thinking that my life was all about me. Oh, wow, that is so disappointing. Now I know it should be about God and about other people. That's so much bigger, exciting, and it's worth living for. We aren't the sun 
It's not all about us. And also, we're not trying to be anyone's saviour. But actually, if we have faith in Jesus, if we put our trust in him, we can be a light for others to see as he shines upon us. We can reflect, we can reflect God's glory. We can bring revelations, share the truth, and we can be a light to others. That's what that man did. And many people believed because of his testimony. This is what we're uh, called to as a church, helping Bristol believe, to help other people see this light. So very quickly, by way of application, what can you do? Well, firstly, you could invite someone to join us on Sunday. You could send them a link to our Sunday meeting. Send them this talk or invite them to join us on a future Sunday. Secondly, you could invite someone to Alpha or do Alpha yourself. The lights went on for me and I understood who Jesus is and what he'd done for me when I did Just Looking, which is an introduction to Christianity, a bit like Alpha. Jamie, who's one of our pastors, is running Online Alpha. Um, It starts in a couple of weeks. And so wherever you are, if you're interested in finding out more about who Jesus is, then go to the Alpha page on our website, citychurch.org.uk, to register your interest. And you'd be most welcome to join us. Thirdly, you can share your story. Like the man who was blind is encouraged by the Pharisees. Give glory to God by telling the truth, by bearing witness, by um, talking about what God has done in our lives. We're going to do that now by taking bread and wine. And we are affirming our witness to who Jesus is and what he's done. Jesus, the light of the world, became sin for us on the cross. His body was broken for us. His blood shed to pay for sin and make us right with God. If you believe Jesus is the light of the world, if you trust him as your Lord and saviour, then I encourage you to eat bread and drink wine with me now. As we do this, I just want to read uh, a few verses to you from 1 John 1, uh, from verse 5 again. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said, whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We have him with us. He's with us by his spirit. Wow. So let's share this bread together. And as we do this in a moment, I will pray for us. Father, we thank you for sending your son into the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your body broken for us, your blood shed for us, that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We say again, we put our trust in you and we look to you. In chapter three of his gospel, John talks about people who can feel afraid to come into the light because it exposes our sin. To come to Jesus, we must first admit our own darkness. But if we do, if we, if we confess, as it said in those verses uh, we read a few moments ago, then Jesus is ready to forgive us, to give the light of salvation to anyone who will believe in him as Lord and Saviour. So let me ask you, do you believe? Do you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time today? You can do that right now. It's about your heart confessing your sin and receiving his forgiveness. If that's you, then I'd love you to get in touch right now. You can uh, click on the keep in touch link below this video and let us know. And uh, as soon as we hear from you, we will try and get back in touch with you as soon as possible. And we'd love to support you in that decision and help you as best we can and pray for you and encourage you. If you already believe, then I want to encourage you to be a light to others in the ways I've already mentioned, because Jesus says, you are the light of the world. When we see the sunrise, we stop and wonder. When we see an incredible firework display in the night sky, we marvel. Or think of that feeling when you look up and see a myriad of stars in the sky, and for a moment it takes your breath away. That's what should happen as we see Jesus as he truly is, the light of the world. We should worship in awestruck wonder that this light now fills 
our lives. Before we worship together again, I want to finish by quoting some of the words from that incredible carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing 